Hey, it's you. It's me. No, no, I was talking to the listeners. Oh, well, I thought you can understand why, though. Yeah, I, that was. I know that was confusing. But hey, welcome back, everyone. Hey, it's the well, uh, it's the it's the Chips and Bits podcast. Coming with to you with more frequency. Now we're going to do it once a month until yes. uh, December. Totally. So yeah. because of the the disease. Yeah, because of that. Uh, I'm your host this month, Matthew. Immigrants. Anderson. Oh, and sorry. I meant COVID. Jesus. Matthew Anderson. And with me, not in the same room this month, is... Uh, Kenny. Hey, Kenny. Hi. So, uh, yeah. Wait, real you... quick. Just to make sure we course correct here. Immigrants are the lifeblood of this country. Anyway, continue, Matt. I, if they haven't gotten your sense of humor by now, we're in big trouble. Big trouble. Yeah, if you you may or may not be able to tell, because uh, we're not sure exactly how the podcast will sound, but uh, we're doing the podcast a little different this month. Uh, like possibly many of you listening right now, uh, Kenny and I are separated. Uh, we're not allowed to podcast in person this month because we are being safe and we're staying at home. And uh, so like you before, all should, yeah, like you all should. So before we do, you know the 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 normal stuff. Just wanted to say, hope everybody's safe and healthy and hope you're doing well and we hope that this podcast for even though it's only a monthly frequency brings you a little bit of joy and normalcy uh and with that let's do some bookkeeping well i want to say something too oh go ahead imagine there's no countries (laughs) (laughs) imagine okay um so uh as always uh if you enjoy listening to us, uh, we'd appreciate an iTunes review. Uh, they're easy to do. You just click on a button um, and you just tell us it's a one star and you hate it. And then you're done. It's really, really quick. And for the COVID, we're going free. The podcast is going to be free. It's totally free to give us an iTunes review and it's totally free to listen to the podcast. Um, and we're not going to make you donate on Patreon. Nope. I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to hop right over to the website. If you haven't been, it's chips-and-bits.com. Um, and we've got links to everything uh, other than just the podcast and the notes. And we got links to all the social stuff and ways you can connect with us and all that jazz too. So if you need those things, that's where you can get them. And now that we're done with that, let's reveal what we're talking about this month. Uh, not Gears of War. <laughs> not Gears of War. No, we are podcasting this month about Doom Eternal. Yeah. We uh, we pivoted at the very last minute. Um, we did. Somewhat in, in, you know, in part to the whole uh, COVID craziness. Um, yep. Because I was returning from a long, long trip, and we only had so much time to record, uh, well, to play a game and then record about it. Um, and, and I thought that Gears was going to be a little grindy. And so why don't we switch to something that was going to be a little bit more fun that we could just like get through fairly quickly, and it would like, get us going, and we could get the, pod, you know, the game done quick and podcast about it. So I picked Doom. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Which is hilarious because um, it didn't end up being that for me. <laughs> At all. No. Um, it certainly was not a, a quick game that you pick up and just sort of plow through. Um, no, it's very much a skill-based game. Wow, is it ever? Um, 
So uh, maybe let's just start with sort of very high-level thoughts. And Kenny, uh, I'll throw it to you. So the reason we picked Doom is because we love 2016 Doom. Uh, and the Doom 2016 was like a real surprise. Like we always talk about Darksiders being one, being the big surprise for us. Like conceptually looked cool, but we weren't sure it was going to be much of a game. But Doom was the same where we just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. The way I would describe Doom Eternal is that there were two separate teams and they were given the same engine. Like that Doom 2016. Like there, there was the Doom 2016 team and this team. Uh, which seems like they were like, okay, here's the concept of Doom. Now you go make Doom 2016, and you go make Doom Eternal, and let's see what your creative directors come up with. Hmm. Like, to me, it feels like a completely different game than 2016 with, like, the same engine and kind of core combat, but not really. Yeah. Uh, I loved this game, but I don't think you would. Interesting. Cool. Um, Yeah. So I, I'm glad that you used the word surprise when you first started describing this, because um, I think the only thing that, that this game really suffered from originally for me was the, the lack of surprise uh, because we'd already played doom in 2016. You know, um, I still remember picking up that game for the first time and trying to play it and just being totally confused and baffled by like how fast the controls were and just how did they get a game that I was playing with a controller (laughs) to move that way and be that fast and have combat be even digestible at the pace that they were throwing it at you. Um, And it just felt like this overwhelming game and it was, and, and not in a bad way. Like it was, it was really like super cool and totally unexpected. Like I didn't expect anything that I got from that game when I picked it up. Now, because I played that, when I picked this game up, I now had expectations. You know, I expected it to play in a certain way. I expected the speed and the pace. And and before I even started playing it, I was having this like thought. I was feeling excited and I was like, oh, I can't wait to just like play more Doom. This is going to be so cool and fun and fast. And then I picked it up and and it was kind of slow. You know, <laughs> it was like it was kind of slow. Um, it wasn't as challenging as I remember for the first little bit the controls felt sort of like smooth and shot. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Like, this isn't what I wanted to pick up and play. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, very fortunately um, and quickly, I would say within the first, by the end of the first uh, map level and the map levels are huge. They take you a long time. So, you know, within the first hour, maybe of playing, I was like, this cannot be how this game is meant to be played. And I started messing around with all the controls. I went to a couple of subreddits to try to figure out how, what people were setting their settings to when they were using controllers. Yeah. And I messed around and it, and it turned out that there was this one setting that if I turned it all the way off, um, it made it feel like doom 2016. And after I did that, um, everything was amazing after that point. So I only had a very, very brief, um, speed bump with this game. Um, and then after that, I was like, yes, this game is awesome. So so it's interesting that you put that in that regard. Because to me, like the controls, I also had to adjust them. And that was fine. That was easy. I didn't turn off the setting you turned off. But to me, the game, like my, like the way they changed how the game's presentation for certain things made it feel different. And it felt faster. I also played it on Ultra Nightmare. So wow, I played it on a harder <laughs> difficulty than... Um, I did not play that one. Yeah. And uh, so that, like, from the get-go, it was pretty intense. Um, 
And uh, and so it felt like me like the changes. It, it just felt like getting used to a different game and a different flow than Doom 2016. Like to me, 2016 is slower by far. Um, but maybe that's because I had played it recently. Like I had fooled around with it before I played this one. Um, yeah, I don't it, know. I, I still saw all the things you did. You know, like I saw, I know we talked about um, how arcadey sort of like, the things yeah, are. Yeah, it sort of had an yeah. arcadey vibe with the pickups. It sort of looked like Super Mario pickups and and the, uh, you know, um, as silly as it sounds, like the, the aesthetic of sort of the blood and the gore in the game was a lot, it was a little bit more cartoony in this than it was in, in 2016. Yeah, I think so, things were a little more stylized. Yeah, yeah, there was there was definitely a different aesthetic that I also had to get used to, um, and that took a little bit to sort of, um, yeah, get get normalized. But um, that's the sort of thing that I expect in in you know even a sequel. So the fact that it was drastically different, yeah, it was noticeable, but that didn't really throw me for a loop. But the fact that like the the core speed and movement mechanic, like the thing that I had come to expect from it, was basically the pace of play. And how yeah. different that was from any other game up to that point that I had yeah. played. And the fact that that was so different for me just because the controls were so slow made it like very, I was like, whoa, I don't know what is happening here, but this is not a game I want to play. <laughs> I think someone calculated that if you moved, if a human moved at the speed that the Doom guy moves, they're essentially their, their bones would come out of their skin <laughs> if they stopped. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, most definitely. Uh when I talked about them being feeling like two separate games, to me, the thing was how the games played out. So the first one was just like, let's kind of play like 2016 was like, let's play in like an homage to doom. Like, yeah, we're going to, yeah. we'll build on a lot of the themes a lot better, but still have the things in really creative ways. Like, um, for example, in 2016, there was a lot more comedy to the doom slayer. Like there, he would pick up like a, um, doll and give it a, you know, a, a, uh thump a, a fist, fist bump. bump yeah fist yeah bump. yeah and like there was a lot of like humor in that regard this one was like a space opera and did not have uh a lot of humor except for once or twice where like one of the voices was like you can't blow a hole in mars mm-hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> like like that's pretty funny but like 16 had more personality but like this one had way more like kind of an epic story the locations are crazy the games both look gorgeous like the yeah, the, yeah. this engine is like incredible the stuff that they can make with it the artists on this team are so good like yeah. the animations in particular whoever on those team is in charge of animations like they're incredible like yeah. the sound design uh i don't know if you ever did one of the um the locked rooms what are they called where you get the key and uh oh yeah the uh the slayer keys yeah the sound of inserting and the animation of of that key always impressed me like oh, it what gave about it... the uh what about the sentinel like the 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 power cores or whatever when you slide those things in and turn those on too oh yeah like the, oh, they're just great. exceptionally good and they were good in 2016 but i mean it's just like there's more stuff in this I, yeah. You should know, Matt, that the only achievements I didn't get in single player was one where you like run a single player r- level in like um, fasting mode. I got everything unlocked in this game. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I came pretty close um, other than the first two levels before I kind of got my groove. Um, I, those, you know, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the kind of player where like once I could unlock some of those skills that were like see everything on the map, know where everything is sort of sort of jazz. I unlocked all that stuff and. I think from the third map on, I collected almost everything. Same. Um, but yeah, and it's, yeah. So 
um, yeah, just to, to tag, tag on to what you were saying, I think one thing that's really difficult to describe just in words until you've played this game is to try to a- accurately describe just how much can be going on, not just on the screen that you're looking at, but around you in a, in a very confined space that you have to kind of keep uh, awareness about, just where enemies are at, where pickups are. Um, and then you're also o- almost like on a second-by-second second basis trying to keep track of how much fuel you have for your chainsaw, where your armor is at, how much ammo you have. And you have to like switch your tactics sometimes multiple times within 10 seconds to try and make sure that you're filling all that stuff up so that you don't die. And the fact that you know each of those different things has their own super unique um, you know, creative style to it. It has really cool sounds like Kenny was talking about. Um, there's, there's explosions and fire and particle effects that are just taking place all the time, all everywhere around you at like dozens and dozens upon them. And they all look, uh, sort of unique and natural and like they would happen in that world. So it's like every time I would encounter one of those things, I had the same reaction you did where I thought, I know I have this insanely powered PC that's playing this, but it also just feels like the, the stuff that they're throwing at me that I should experience a glitch or a screen tear or just anything that lets me know that my computer is struggling to deal with this thing. And it just runs like butter. Like I I never have a single problem and it's amazing every time I experience it. I know. And I remember that in 2016 too, but the scope of what they did in this game was like 30 times larger than 2016. It was like, I mean, again, the plot, the, the, the settings are Mars and then, hell and that's pretty much red on red right right. (laughs) this one is like is like you're going to essentially the heavens there's alien Mm -hmm. races there's a lot of really interesting bad guy designs but i think one thing you touched upon which i kind of want to expand uh in 2016 we loved because it felt like you had to use every weapon um even though you had your favorites it still felt and i still feel they did the really good job with that even though they changed up the weapons quite a bit Mm -hmm. um it's it's so interesting because if you watch the game, like if you have friends watch the game and they're not in tune with like the loop you're doing, because you're essentially doing a loop. You essentially go from story, story, story to arenas mm-hmm. uh, to story, 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 arena. Like it's like each path is linear to another arena before you go um, that like if someone watches you play this game, it looks insane. Like no yeah. one has any idea what you're doing. Uh, and it looks mindless because you are literally tearing limbs from things. It is mindless in that regard, but there's so much strategy in where to go and what to do. Like it, it, you're making instant, instant decisions about what you need and what uh, the bad guys are and switching your weapons, uh, which I thought was something really cool. They did in this one uh, was that different bad guys have different strategies with different yeah. weapons. Uh, I was going to actually, that's the very next thing I was going to ask um, you was you know in in line with those strategies did you have so like i sort of um uh, sort of evolved this uh, a very repetitive strategy that i would use at least the first three steps i would take for almost every battle once i had finally played things and in a nutshell it basically was um you know as soon as i recognized that a battle starting immediately get my bearings and and that meant like see if i can avoid enemies to start run around the room, like scope it out. Where are my jump pads? How much like, is it vertical or horizontal? Where are the pickups? Like where, where can I be if I get in trouble? And I would try and do that before engaging. Then my very next step would be 
let me look at all the enemies quick and find out if there's one that has one of those laser cannons or something that can get me from afar and see if I can take those out from a distance before actually engaging in the fray. And then, you know, third is much more complicated to describe. But did you have any sort of like similar things that you adopted over time? I guess it really depended on the thing because some of the the arenas will just throw guys right at you. What I did find myself doing was using the same weapon strategies and then changing it once it got to the later in the game. Like I relied heavily on, uh, so each weapon has two additional uh, features you can essentially find and add throughout the game. You find them through levels or through other ways. Um, And the shotgun has like a mini bomb, like a sticky bomb. The sticky bomb. Yeah, the thing's awesome. And I was using the sticky bomb for like the first four levels, maybe three levels. And then like it just became obsolete almost. Um, and then did what did you just switch to that like arbalist thing or whatever it was called? Uh, well, I would actually switch to I found uh, once I had the um, pulse rifle with the uh-huh. explosion, like I loved that explosion. And I also had to remind myself to switch between the frag grenades and the freezing thing. Those are really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's what's weird is like you have to get used to having four things available to you at all times. Um, and I don't know what the scope of monsters you faced was, but mine was like, I think there was uh, probably the, some of the tougher ones had like four of these like gigantic cyber, uh, what Megalodon, not the Megalodons, but like the, the guys with flamethrowers in their hands. The, fl- the flamethrower ones are the acid guys that were also armored. The acid guys. Those guys suck. Yeah, yeah I, I had a couple of rooms where there was two to four of those guys. Yeah, and that like there was stuff like that where you just like y- you one weapon won't do it. Um, no, and or, so, I mean it will, but it's going to take so long; it's not even worth it. Actually, by the end game, one weapon will do it. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> which was awesome. It was uh, awesome. But even then, when they gave you like superpowers, you still had to use them strategically. But yeah, because they'd be like, "Okay, here's a superpower that will destroy any, you know." monster you want in you know one hit here's 200 monsters (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was like uh i mean we haven't talked about the last boss but like they give you so much free high powered like super weapons like yeah that's what they call them and And it doesn't matter at all (laughs) it doesn't matter one bit it definitely keeps you surviving uh longer but you got to be really smart about it um it it it's just like at first, it was just weird. It felt weird. It didn't feel like Doom, like you said, 2016. Although it seems like we both felt that in different ways. Yeah. But then once I got just started like improving and learning the game, I was like, "This is just fantastic!" Like, it's such a it's such a fun, ridiculous game, similar to 2016, but for almost both the same and like different reasons like this one's pretty humorless but the character design and the enemies are pretty epic um the music kind of sucked i thought uh but it's funny in its own way because it's just metal it's like um yeah actually that was one thing that i thought the music wasn't that good it wasn't as good as 2016 for sure no, because they did. I felt like 2016 used it a little more sparingly, in some yeah, regards. And that whole thing where, um, like, it was it was so noticeable how they did that dynamic sound with the music, where it would sort of like come in and out, even just in the menus. I I remember that being like you would pause yeah. the menu and it would fade out and sort of like fade back in with metal, and 
uh, yeah. as the battles would change, you know, the guitars would change and it was noticeable. And this was just sort of like, cool. I've got some, some metal in the background. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as, as striking as it was in 2016, but that's like, I don't have a lot of complaints about this game, to be honest with you. Like I would recommend this just as much as 2016. And if you really want to challenge yourself, ultra nightmare is super fun. There's I, I'm going to be honest. Like I can't even, I can't even believe <laughs> that you played and beat the game on that difficulty level because I played it down one step. And to say that this, you know, it, it's not just enough to describe this game as being sort of like fast and frantic uh, and crazy. Some of the, the, the battles in this, the first, you know, two or three times you go through them, have that old school like when I remember being a kid, they, they, they trigger that thing in you where you feel like, this is impossible. Like... <laughs> I, I, this isn't beatable what they just threw at me. Like I've, I just tried it three, like as hard as I could for three times and I didn't even make a dent in this battle. Um, and then you persist and you try a different tactic and you, you know, get a better handle on the enemies and you start to learn a little bit like how they're going to spawn. So you kind of like, you you're, you're already expecting which weapons you need to switch to and you, you learn a little bit, but you just could sort of grind through it. And then eventually after, I don't know, dozens of tries you're like thank god um and then you don't want to play anymore for that that sitting because you just spent like two hours on like one battle so just thinking that you played this on a difficulty level higher than my experience is baffling to me well you know i played a little game called dark souls i don't know if you've heard about it i have which essentially that's the core loop yeah um but that being said uh what I think is interesting is you struggled a lot more with the last guy than I did. And I was wondering, thinking about it, if is what I had to face up until that point had trained me better for that last boss fight. Like the reason it took less time is because the amount of work I put in before there to get to that point was like chunkier. Like it was more hectic. I died. I had less life, that kind of stuff. Well, um, yeah, I may have not, I may have misdescribed uh, what was difficult for me because the last boss, the the very, very final boss in the game. Um, which, by the I, way, great concept for a last boss. Oh, yeah. So good. I, I um, thought it was just like, I I didn't, it was great. Like, it was perfect for the game. Yeah. I mean, the, the easiest way to describe it quickly is, you know, you heard Kenny alluding to the fact that you're picking up these powers and weapons and these things over time. You're trying to learn how to destroy enemies as quickly as possible because they will annihilate you if you do not get rid of them quickly. And they, you finally get to this end boss and they're like, Hey, here's, here's a map. It's very small, but it's filled with every power. You cannot run out of ammo or armor or special power-ups or anything. You can just annihilate anybody on the board that comes your way. But the way that they then flip that on its head for the final boss fight is all they're doing is providing you with fodder to make sure that you don't die so that you can try and deal with the boss. And for the basically the, the second time, but the most specific time in the game, they then make the um, strategy to now be targeted and specific and accurate about how you're going to try and take out an enemy, which was rarely the case in the game. Like maybe you, you disable a weapon and then just pummel someone with bullets, but you never had to you know, strategize about which sections you needed to shoot or disable. And all of a sudden, that's the only way you can defeat the boss. So it was a completely different strategy than you'd, than you'd faced. Which reminds um, me of another guy who, uh, when I first played, I was like, this feels like they're operating a different, like, kind of game. Uh, 
but then in later battles, I realized it was just a really cool new strategy, which was the guy who could put up the shield. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like that, he was a pain in the ass. <laughs> he was such a pain in the ass. And he could like come into like a field where you're doing really well and just fuck you up. Like, yeah, he essentially blocked every shot you sent at him. And well, um, not just shots too. like every once in a while, I'd be almost dead. And I'd, I'd be like, OK, I got to take this big guy out so I can destroy him and get some health. And I'd get him um, staggered and he'd be in that state where you could like bust him up and get some health. And right as I went to bust him up, he put a shield in front of me and I couldn't get him. And I was like, God damn it. It's just like yeah. every time. But he was such a like strategic thing because you had to wait for like a green flashy light to show up. I don't, man, it was so good. Oh, like, you're every... talking about that guy. You're yeah. talking about the Marauder. I thought you were talking about the guy that put the energy shields up in front of you. Oh, no, those guys are fine. Yeah, I didn't like those guys. But the Marauder, oh god, that was he was he was by far the most difficult an enemy in the game for me. Uh yeah, I, like he always stopped. He always like made me he was the one where I had to really isolate him to get to get him killed. Yeah. And then he sent his uh, fucking dog. Oh god. Yeah, he was just the worst. Um He was but he was fun in so many ways cuz like you you really had to think about managing him while you're managing all the other bad guys, which was super fun. Yeah, I mean, we, you do have to heavily caveat that with, I, I think almost probably every time you've heard Kenny and I say fun um, or crazy or awesome or whatever, what we're really saying is stressful. <laughs> it's very, yeah, by the, the end, on that last stressful. level, my shoulders were hurting. Oh, from, gosh, yeah. from cringing like my shoulders were hurting so oh yeah so what i was gonna say is um i may have misdescribed my experience so like the final boss i i i beat him in my the first try so like i i i completed the fight the very final boss uh without dying Got the it. first time through it was the path to get to him that final map level um, yeah to reach the final boss was so hard um just just because you know they they finally started giving you um bfg ammo and but you still had to be so strategic about when you actually used it yeah um and just the level i mean again it's really hard to describe at that point in time what they're really doing is they're just they're like cool you've spent you know 20 hours learning how the maps work learning how every weapon works and learning the styles of every single enemy in the game yep literally here's the kitchen sink like how about take 20 of them at once of all different kinds see what you can do with oh 20 okay here's 40 like they, they just keep dialing it up like to this insane level where it just seems insurmountable and yeah i had a tough time with almost all of those arena battles on the last map so one thing confused me which eventually i found out in a very painful way and this ties back into finding and knowing those arena battles mm-hmm. but i know now which arenas like which specific place and which levels were troublesome for me because even uh I went back through the levels because I didn't quite understand their fast travel system. Oh, okay. did you ever, did you use their fast travel system? Yeah, but only for like pickups and stuff. Yeah. So I didn't understand. I thought that once you beat the level, you could go back to the level and unlock the fast travel system. Ah, got it. So instead of fast traveling back and quickly cleaning things up, I actually played through entire levels again. Got it. Which was very painful. Because I ran into a lot of them had those arenas, and I know exactly right. which ones they are. There's one level where you fall down after pushing an elevator button, and that office arena is the worst. <laughs> uh, there's another one in the like brood war, like Earth place. Yeah. Um, 
I forget. It's just like getting down to the main uh, access way. That one. That let's talk about the UAC mission. Yeah, uh, well, there was two. There was two arena battles in the UAC one that were just like ridiculously hard. But let's just talk about like the abrupt change of <laughs> challenge that yes. just happened when you jump from the previous level to the UAC, and it actually makes sense, like story wise. Uh, Essentially, the UAC, that's their name, right? The UAC is the rebellion against what's happening on Earth, which is, uh, I guess we didn't even give any premise on the story for this one. No. And there Uh, there is a story in this one. There is, with (laughs) so much lore. Like, more lore than you would ever expect. Um, Essentially, you're you're trying to kill three demons from uh, three head demons that are causing this evasion of Earth. Uh, The reason... Uh, these demons are invading Earth is because this angel-like species uses hell and human energy to uh, essentially live eternally. Yeah, do whatever they want, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, um, the UAC is one of the rebellions against the hell invading Earth, and the greatest character in the last game, who just got kind of side rolled in this game, <laughs> uh, Samuel Hayden. Uh, you have to try and rescue him from the UAC before the demons get there. And uh, so it's a full scale, like they're trying to destroy the UAC um, base and all these fucking demons are going and the pace up until that point, that was probably level five. I yeah, say. four or five. Yeah, that sounds about right. The pace up until that point was hard, but like maintainable. Yeah, it was the one amount of those things. It was educational of, so far. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of stuff they they throw at you just in the first like five minutes of that level is overwhelming. Like yeah. you have to learn a whole new strategy. It's no longer like which weapons to use to which guy. It's now how to do that in a very short time. With very yeah, and well, like that, yeah, that was, was the crazy. first time too that you didn't just have to em- employ as much. You know, like you'd done a, a a certain amount of weapon switching at that point, like contextually to take out certain enemies. But that was the first time I remember feeling like, like I'd literally run out of ammo in every gun, and I needed to now like find some fodder guys to just replenish my ammo or get my health back up. Like I said, everybody was draining me. That was the first time I really felt panicked about so easily being able to get killed so quickly. Yeah, it was like so hectic that uh, we just just like burned through all that stuff. And that's, I think, when I actually started getting good. And again, this is like sort of a compliment to the game design uh, about using things like the frag grenades uh, and the flamethrower and the chainsaw like way more effectively. Uh, I, I'd used them sporadically up until that point, but now it was required. Like yeah. there was no, <laughs> there was no avoiding like having to get armor because your health is at five. That's like right. yeah. I can't tell you how many times my health was at one or four. Yeah. Uh, and I just like was frantically running to chainsaw someone to get uh, just some health. That's just a little bit of health. That's another nod too to like one of the game mechanics that in, in other games would be, very helpful uh, and sort of pleasant. You'd be like, oh, I'm at 30% health, you know, and they'd be like a ding or something. So I would let you know. In this one, they've got this alarm that goes, wah, wah. Like, it's like, it's super alarming. And when it happens, you'll look down and it's not, I, I'm at 30% health. It's like, no, no, I'm about to die. About <laughs> to die. And so it puts you in this like 
frantic, you know, place where you're like, oh no, oh no. And you start running around like a crazy person. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't really use the grenades at first either, but by the end of the game, how frequently I was doing flamethrower grenades, <laughs> I could get yeah. like, some armor from somebody um, was like every 30 seconds, basically. Uh, um, which is a big thing about this game that we haven't quite talked about is there's a lot of parkour elements. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a double jump and a double dash and there's like things to swing off of. And it kind of felt uh, weird to do all that. But it was super helpful in battles to be like double jump, double dash to get away from someone with four health. Uh, yeah, that's you a were funny constantly point. moving. Like the parkour became essential for survival uh, in ways that, like in the beginning, you wouldn't expect. You thought it was like a weird game. It's it just felt like a weird Doom game mechanism. Like it's essentially platforming in Doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then it just became so essential to just surviving in those arenas it was it was again everything i was like in the beginning uh like i don't know about this i don't know about this like the power-ups and stuff by the end i was just like oh this is why they did that and it's it's great i'm glad it's here yeah i i totally agree with you on the parkour stuff where like the first time i started doing some of that i was like oh this is kind of weird um but then there are literally times in which if you couldn't do that um yeah you'd be dead uh, so yeah. um, you do start to use that as part of your strategies. The the weird part was that they added the the wall grip and climbing mechanic. Oh, yeah. Um, because the, the only time in which the parkour elements were irritating to me is when you would use them like you would in other games for world ex- exploration, like jump puzzles and getting around the world. Yeah. Because even with one of the little power-ups you could get that would help you have a little bit more accurate control over yourself mid-air, um, the control scheme did not fare well uh, moving between jump puzzles. And so there'd be times in which you just eliminated 50 guys and felt like an absolute rock star after a battle. And then you die in a jump puzzle like eight to 10 times in a row, depleting your health down to zero <laughs> every time, you know, had to respawn to start that puzzle again. And then they'd throw a battle at you and you'd be like, you know, if I hadn't had to die eight times just jumping between walls, <laughs> I'd be fine right now. But now I'm freaked out. So yeah, I hate, I hated that part of it. Like I, yeah, the wall the climbing, especially sucked. when you were like trying to look to where the next wall was like looking when you were climbing a wall was really difficult. It was, it was, it wasn't the best mechanic. Um, I I didn't it didn't stop me in my tracks though. Like I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, no, it didn't. I mean, it's fine, but also it is the it is the one part of the game where I feel like if that hadn't been in there, I would not care. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, true. I can take that. that out. Wouldn't make a difference. Wouldn't make a difference. No. no. Uh, but it does allow for some pretty like hair raising moments, especially in the last few levels. Yes. When it you're was, like trying yeah. to clear like three thousand feet. Um, yes. And for some interesting power-ups hiding. That's why I kind of liked it, because it kind of like added these verticality to some maps that maybe wouldn't have existed before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought for like finding pickups or secrets, it was great. But yeah, yeah the, the wall clinging and climbing between platforms was meh. Yeah, but was I it? mean, I, I got to say, man, I'm still on board for the next game. This was super fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was... It was... Uh, I, it's very hard to describe it's a very hard difficult game to describe because it's it's literally crazy making um and it's not i i I really can't say that it's a game that you sit down and you just relax and enjoy like it's not it's not that kind of a game it's like a very 
like engaging, um, focused, just frantic game. Um, and so, you know, to a certain extent, uh, the way that we had to play it, like where we were trying to get it done for a podcast, maybe not what you should do. You shouldn't like necessarily sit down and maybe try and force yourself to finish this game in a certain amount of time because uh, it's very difficult. But I mean, it's with that said, it's it's really difficult to describe how once you learn all those different things, how truly like amazing and enjoyable the game is to experience because you never I've never really played anything like this other than that other Doom. Yeah, and I just I mean. I was just so impressed, similar to the last Doom, how everything that would be just non-essential in other games when they've been put in just became so, such a huge part of doing well in the game. Like, it's like, it's really well thought out. Yeah, and everything, it, and it, everything is a lifesaver in this game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, it's, and it feels rewarding to use the tools effectively. Like, yeah. uh, we didn't even talk about the space home, but we're running out of time. Where are we? Oh yeah, we are. We've gone, we've gone way over our normal amount of time. Well, we got a little, little bit of dead air, so don't worry too much about it. But uh, we should. I mean, there is a hub in this game that's like yep. this, this like, I don't know, heavy metal, the comic book, like the right. cartoon, space, space hub, yeah, space <laughs> hub. Uh, that's always fun. I always like having things to unlock in a space in a hub. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, that, that that's all we'll say about that. All right, cool. Well, let's cut it there. Um, you can tell we enjoyed it uh, very much so. Um, yes. And with that, this has been the Chips and Bits podcast. Yay. Uh, next month, we will be podcasting about what, Kenny? I think we're doing Ori, right? Yes, we're doing an easier one. Okay, cool. The will yeah. of the West, easier one. We'll see. Uh, you know, supposed <laughs> Famous to last words. Famous last words, yeah. <laughs> um, and who knows? Well, maybe we'll circle back to Gears at some point, but... Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, I've been your host, uh, Matthew Anderson, and over there... Uh, Kenny Myers. That's him. Again, uh, we hope everyone's doing well. Uh, stay healthy, stay safe. Listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, we will catch you back here in a month. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>